Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just two bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm formerly webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Ah, well, I'm back after a trip to Florida. Nice. <laughs> Orlando's always fun this time of year. Yeah, it was actually stinking hot. Great storms. Got mm-hmm. some awesome storms. Awesome, awesome, awesome storms. Are you talking uh, about weather? You're not supposed to talk about weather. I know, but this was too cool. I had to. It was like me seeing lightning is just epic. I just love it. We don't get it here. <laughs> Never mind. I will say that I, I've, been, I've been drinking a lot of rum and cranberry recently, and, and just because we moved to cranberry.fm, so I just thought that was appropriate. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well. Lots of news. Holy Toledo. Well, I guess that's what's what happens when we miss a show. But anyways, there's uh, lots to share. And, and well, I know you really want to be the number, the first one to say this. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I just want to thank, I want to thank Search Engine Journal for putting us at the top of the list of their top 15 SEO podcasts to listen to. And I think Brasco told us four from the Cranberry Network made the list of the top 15, but we were listed awesome. We were the first listed. Yay! <laughs> so thanks, thanks, guys. We appreciate yeah, it. And there's actually some really good podcasts on that list. Definitely. Give yeah, I know. It, it makes it all the more awesome to be number one, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. It's, again, kind of surreal. I'll say it all every time. It's just surreal <laughs> to know that people listen. <laughs> so thank you. Now, this is interesting. So voice search. Everyone knows that if you use your phone, you can do a voice search and and get results from Google. Well, that information wasn't showing up in Google Search Console. So Google's talking about having that implemented, but well, why don't you run with it, John? And- well, there's, there's, there's some interesting things here because one of the things that they're worried about if they include voice search into, into Search Console, and what they're talking about is adding it into like the number of impressions. And I'm not sure how they would deal with click-throughs with that. So there's how they structure that data related to how standard online or mobile data works would be interesting. But one of the problems they're trying to solve now is voice search queries are much more specific and much longer. And they're worried that a lot of them won't have enough volume to show up in the tool, so they're not sure how useful it will be and whether they should change the way it works or whether they should lower that threshold for how many times someone searches using that phrase makes it into to the console. So it's an interesting problem, and, and it'll, be, it'll be even more interesting to see how they sort it out. Yeah. Well, but it's and, good to know it's coming. 
And from reading, you know, the, a few of these articles, the one thing that Jennifer mentioned from the SEM post was that you know, even if it does show up, it is actually kind of handy to see what kind of trends are happening. But the chances are that, you know, you'll just have one of these searches and then another one a bit different. I mean, yeah. just think of all the different ways people search. Oh, my God. It's it, with by voice. I can't even fathom. And I, and I guess they're going to have to at some point, because, you know, at some point, instead of getting a list of results to choose from from voice search, it's just going to give you the answer or send you to the answer or page that has the answer, right? So how do they deal with impressions versus quote-unquote click-throughs from a voice search? That's the, part, that's the piece for me that's going to be really intriguing to see how they sort that out. See, I don't, I don't see the problem. I mean, if a person's going to click, I mean, it's, it's an impression because it shows up in the search results, and when they click it, they're going to do it by hand. They're going to go well, to the see, site. I mean, I mean the, the obvious, and I guess I'm just thinking beyond the, the current status of how voice search works because the obvious evolution of voice search is you're searching using your voice because you might not have access to your hands, right? And if you don't have access to your hands, say you're driving or doing something else, you're not going to have access to click through to a result. So the obvious evolution of voice search is going to be to take you straight to the answer or give you a list and let you pick vocally. So the idea of a click-through may get really fuzzy in the future. Mm. So CTRs will get fuzzy in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting. Rates. Hopefully they're not using it while they're driving. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, if what if you're searching for, you know, how do I get to or what's the closest pizza place? That's a that's a very common thing that if I if I hit the button on my steering wheel with my Bluetooth and it connects to my phone and say where's the closest pizza place, it should either automatically show up in my GPS or it should tell me. True. And, Sometimes it does right? read it to you, and that should be counted, shouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, interesting. It's it's a whole new world. Hey, uh, and and even cooler was that actually I believe you sh- I saw it from you first actually was that share about the quantum computer. Oh yeah, that's just By crazy. <laughs> 100... Tell them to... yeah. yeah, tell them what this is about. Okay, so Google has created its I guess is it its first? I know there's other ones out there, but this is Google's first quantum 2D. It's a true well, not true. It's a quantum computer yeah. using chips. So it's not using new yeah. technology in that sense, it's just like, a lot of, it's lot like of chips. A, it's like a simulated quantum computer, if yeah, that makes but any it, sense. It is and this is just blows my mind. 100 million times faster than our standard PC. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to put that in perspective, Dave Davies actually did a post earlier today talking about, it, it intrigued him. So he went and looked to see how much faster our, our human brain is than the standard computer. The human brain is only 60 times faster than a computer. <laughs> our normal everyday computer. So this thing would just totally, totally exponentially be faster than even we could ever imagine being ourselves. It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised actually that's not already surpassed. That's uh, amazing. Anyway, hundred million times I tried to tell my son that and he just went, huh? <laughs> I mean, that's just it's yeah. inconceivable. How can you possibly fathom that? Just, wow. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. It's impossible to fathom at this point. And, and when I posted it, I'm like, that really boggles the imagination i mean it goes far beyond anything we could imagine at this point i mean literally you imagine the most crazy possible thing you could imagine that you could do with a computer and this blows that out of the water 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and then at the same time, I noticed another article that I believe it's IBM is allowing free access to one of its quantum computers. That's pretty nice. awesome. <laughs> I can't even imagine for research. I mean, and it was how many thousand times faster than a supercomputer? I mean, it's just, wow. Yeah. I mean, the, the leaps they could take right now, the issues they could solve, it's just a matter of, of creating the programs. And, and when I get down to it, when we're talking, and we're totally nerding out here. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> when we come down to uh, search, bringing us right back around here, um, just the whole conception of voice search and all the different levels of potential search capability that this could deliver. Uh, wow. Uh, well, well, you think you think about <laughs> Google's new computer. They they said that the biggest the biggest problems with it right now to make it you know if they wanted to make it commercially available of course are its size and its cost right and you think about where we've come in the past 50 years and where that will be 50 years from now because oh. 50 years ago i've shared a picture on my facebook many times of them loading a five gigabyte hard drive and in back into the back of a cargo plane this hard drive was literally the size of a small house and it was only five <laughs> No, it was five megabytes. I'm sorry, not gigabytes, megabytes. It was the size of a small house loading it. And that's 50 years now. You can just imagine the difference between what our computing power now is going to be 50 years from now. It's just an unfathomable. Oh, I love it. And, and totally lost my train. of thought I had an idea. But anyway, it's uh, the whole concept is, is yeah. Oh, nerdtastic, really. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I, I had, damn it, it's going to come back to me right at the wrong time. Anyways, let's jump to the next bit here. So Google Search Analytics Report Update. It's now including Knowledge Panel, Rich Snippets, and Local. Fred, you read this one. I haven't read it yet, so why don't you so, lead on this too? So, so basically what happened, um, if you go into your if your Search Analytics Report in Webmaster Tools, yeah, yep, that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll, if you go in there, you'll now see like a line through there with a little thing that says update. And what happened on April 27th, Google updated the way they calculate impressions um, and, and some, other, some other data. If you click on the little update, it'll take you to a page that explains it all to you. But basically what they've done now is they've actually included impressions if, you're, if your website shows up in the knowledge graph. Um, in a rich snippet or in a local search, so it maps. So for me, and I think a lot of businesses out there, the fact that it's showing up, the impressions from showing up in local is very interesting. Now, two things. One, if your impression, if you say you show up in a local search box and in an organic listing, that only counts as one impression. So, so if you show up on the page multiple times, it still only counts as one impression. The problem with this so far is they're not breaking them out. So you can't go in there and see, I've shown up in a local box this many times, in organic search this many times, knowledge panel or rich snippets this many times. It's all lumped together. So it's good that they're now counting that stuff, but it's bad that you can't break it out yet. I, I hope someday they break it out, but they're not doing it right now. I want to read to you what John Mueller, Mueller Files, got to say yes. here. <laughs> um, and it's about this exactly. It says, one question that keeps coming up regarding search analytics, okay? Here it is, quote, unquote. Luckily, it's pretty straightforward. If a URL from your site is included in the local result, it's counted as an impression. If the same URL is included multiple times, for example, multiple franchises in the same area with a shared web URL, that URL is just counted once. 
If a local result with web link and a natural web result are included in the same result results page, then that's counted as one site impression. He mixes a whole bunch of terms here, and I don't find it very like I had to read it a few times to get this, but I'm not finished. But it says, and the URLs individually get the page impressions. So I actually think you do get two impressions if that's on there. If it's two different URLs, right? But if it's if your local search is your home page and your organic search shows up as the home page, that's the same URL, so it'd be one impression. <laughs> Yes. Anyway. But if your local search is a, a location page on your site and your organic search is your homepage, each one of those pages would get one impression. Yes. So it's clear as mud, everyone? Yes. <laughs> it, it is clear. Yes. It is clear until you, the moment you look at it again and go, oh, how did that work? <laughs> well, that's how my brain works anyway. I don't have good retention for that sort of stuff. But I always just go back and read up some more Mueller files or go back to our notes. <laughs> Because yeah, our notes are so ex excellent. Yes, we should we should publish these notes in a book format someday as an ebook. Just not not edit anything and just put them out there and let people download it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe edit a couple things. All right, <laughs> you're you're right. There's there's some there's some stuff that probably shouldn't be public in there. <laughs> <laughs> so Google has brought back in depth articles to search results. It has been 17 days since this happened. Uh, we did mention it when it happened. I believe actually in the last episode, which which was that long ago. Uh, dear God. Anyway, <laughs> you know, it's, they fixed a bug. We I, I was kind of hope hoping that that meant that the things like authorship could come back like that, but sadly no. Yeah, I, th I think I think when we first mentioned these going away, one of the things we were talking about how is how it always fluctuated. And you plan for one strategy, and then Google changes something. In this particular case, you know, it came back, but it doesn't always. So. If you were planning on a strategy around in-depth articles, you can go back to the the way you were. You don't have to readjust now. Yeah. So I guess explaining to the the, the listeners what in-depth articles are. So there's there's a couple ways you can see in-depth articles depending on where you're searching. Um, a lot of times Google will have a section at the bottom of a search result page that says more in-depth articles. If you're searching in Google News, they they tend to flag different types of news stories. Like um, they just added a new flag actually that we should have put on our list today, a new flag for local local news. So if you're a local publication, you can get pulled into that group of articles about a story. But one of those kind of flags is in-depth articles in news as well. And this is really just long form content on a topic that seems to get a lot of play. It really does if you're if you're doing this. Yeah, and, and the reason I, I wanted to, to lead on this is, is well, I think it's more news oriented because I honestly I don't see it. Uh, maybe it's a Canadian thing. Maybe in Canada they don't they they haven't launched it fully. Well, I don't well, know. The, well, the other thing is um, I think it was Search Metrics did their end of year um, state of search analysis report. So they they do it at the end of each year and they do a lot of data crunching about they do they they crawl they tons tons of crawling they they do search results analysis through the entire year. They, they crunch all this data at the end of the year and they look at over, I think it was like 10,000 plus search results and analyze all of the sites on those search results to kind of figure out what's what's happening. And, and the interesting thing is they have a strict thing, set of metrics they look at. So if there's something that's not in their list of metrics, it's going to get missed. But one of the things they looked at last year was the amount of content on pages. And on the first page of Google, they came up with the average amount of content for an article listed on the first page of Google was over a thousand words. 
So, you know, we, we talk about the idea we have in the past about, oh, you have to have good quality content. You need enough content. That phrase, enough content, has changed dramatically over the past few years. It used to be you could get away with three, four hundred, five hundred words of content on a page. According to this study from Search Metrics, you need about a thousand words on a page. And that I also think fits into that in-depth article thing, not just because it gets flagged, but because you want to start writing more long-form content anyway. And I was worried that the fact that these in-depth article things went away means other people's strategies are going to go, oh, we don't have to write long-form content anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you know, need long-form I, content. I, you know, in terms of an SEO, quote-unquote, strategy, I mean, really when it comes down to it, we always talked about how, oh, man, was it ever overused? Content is king. Well, <laughs> I hate that phrase. I, I hate that phrase. I know. And I, know. I disagree with it completely. We're going to show about how sucky I that know. phrase is. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that I've heard, I guess in all the years I've seen websites that have succeeded and, and succeeded hands down and quickly, they always had the most amazing content. I mean, their, their stuff was so well-written and not just short, well-written. They were verbose almost, but not to the point of annoying. I mean, they really included the best possible content or what I like to call the ultimate content uh, when we're doing our authority plans. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean everyone has to do this? Well, ideally, if you're going to do the best you can and you want to be number one and you want content to be everything for you, then you're going to want to be the best and include the best content. But I wouldn't take these 1,000-word things like as the holy grail. Don't start counting to 1,000 on your words and make sure, <laughs> okay, that was done. I'm done. Uh, no, just, you know, if anything, continue to add to it. Make them into the prime resource for a particular question or a particular search. I love those. Those are some of my favorite articles I find online have been added to over the years and, and just become these amazing books of answers to the particular question. You know, it was an interesting case study, not even really a case study, just something that I observed personally years ago when HubSpot first launched, right? Never heard of HubSpot before, didn't have any idea what they were, but they started coming out with some amazing articles and some great content about the industry. It was wonderful. And they started getting tons of traction, lots of business. And, you know, they they got name recognition because they were putting out great content, Um and then it was really interesting to watch over the past few years. They've stopped publishing Congress too. And I don't see them as much anymore. I don't think their business is as strong as it was anymore. My perception of that company as a whole is 100% directly related to the content that I see that they're publishing, right? And it's it was great in the beginning, and it's the downward trend since then. That's the way people are going to look at you online. Because if you think about it, if you're online, the only thing you can do online is publish content, right? Mm-hmm. Everything you put online, whether it's e-commerce, whether it's a video, whether it's a podcast, it's content. That's all you can do online is publish content and, well, take money. But still. <laughs> well, and I want to share a few stats here. Actually, you know, I'm going to do that when we get back. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll, uh, I'm going to share you a, a few amazing stats. And these are proven stats about why content is, is Awesome. Don't not don't use, I'm not gonna use that word. I'm not gonna use it. Don't say it. <laughs> SEO 101 will be back right after recess. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Now, I have to give credit to Content, Inc., a phenomenal book that I've been reading. And I, put, I took down these stats because I thought they were really, really interesting. Is, it, is uh, that by Joe? Um, what's Joe's last name? Who, who writes that content? I, his name has escaped me, too. I would have mentioned it. Joe P- P- Pascuzzi? Oh, yes. Shoot, yes, yes, you're right. From, from, just, from the Content Marketing Institute. That's right. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the guy who created that. It is Joe Polisi? Pal- Pal- I'm not even sure how you say his name. Yeah, but yeah yes. he's here in Cleveland. He's a good guy. Anyways, uh, this is, here's a few of the stats. 61% of consumers say they feel better about a company that delivers custom content and are more likely to buy from that company, from the Content Council. People spend more than 50% of their time online looking at content, sourced from Nielsen. 70% of consumers prefer getting to know a company via articles rather than ads, sourced from Content Plus. 90% of consumers find custom content useful and 78% believe that organizations providing custom content are interested in building good relationships with them, sourced from the CMO Council. Pretty compelling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think uh, being a stats guy, I love seeing stats like that. It just <laughs> makes me happy. <laughs> so so I, I kind of feel obligated to explain to people why I think that certain phrase is horrible and I don't believe in it, right? Because we've heard which phrase is it? Mind say it. I'm, no, I'm not saying it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. 
But we've heard that phrase our entire careers. I mean, I did a presentation once entitled Content is Not King. And the first slide I showed was was the very first page that that Tim Berners-Lee published on the web when he first created the World Wide Web. And I kind of modified it to have a little line in there that says content is whatever that is. <laughs> I almost said it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we've been hearing that forever, right? And we've actually gotten to the point now on the web where – there are so many people slash websites slash organizations writing content about the exact same thing that there's no possible way writing content about a topic is king, right? It, my, my correlation is if you have to put it in a, like a political spectrum, um, content is your local neighborhood councilman, right? He's there to serve you. He's only there in, in front of you if everybody in the area votes for him and says, okay, yeah, you're the right guy for me to, 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 to represent me, right? There's no way that content is now just you publish it and it deserves to be in front of everybody. It's, it's, it's got that royal status that automatically everybody has to listen to it. No, not at all anymore. You have to work to get people to look at your content, to vote for your content, to really have appreciation of your content. It is not king. It's core. It's the centralized, central thing of everything you do online, but it has to be wrapped with a layer of optimization to be found in search. It has to be socialized to be found in social. And if you can afford it, it should be advertised so you can put it in front of the people that really need to see it, right? Content is core, but it is not that other regal type of word. <laughs> Well done. Well done. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not going to go down that rap path. I like to, I like to taunt you on this one, but we'll, we'll, let's move on. There's lots of news. So, <laughs> so Google is dismissing that news of a new update because of, well, frankly, right now there's been a lot of tools that are going absolutely wild saying there's a ton of updates going on. Even the uh, Moz weather station, quote unquote weather station, is showing it's just, it's 97 degrees, which is about the highest I've seen it in years, showing extreme updates to Google's index. Um, have you seen anything, John? I never look at that thing. I should, but I don't. Well, I don't look at sure it either. Should. But I mean, yeah. do you see? But on our sites, have no. you heard I mean, I'm not seeing no, anything. Okay. I'm not seeing anything out of the ordinary that's not explained by something else that's going on in um, somewhere else. Well, and, and it makes me wonder, there's an interesting little tidbit that that was posted in the comments by Dr. P. I won't say the rest of his name just because it's kind of funny. Phil? Dr. Phil? I didn't know Dr. Phil was in the search. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyone who's into SEO will know who Dr. P is. He's a certain, yeah, anyway. He says, quote unquote, there's been a crackdown on a ton of po proxy providers recently and it's hitting many tools, unfortunately. You didn't hear that from me, despite my name and face being on this comment. Coincidence! <laughs> now the reason he's saying that is because Dr. P happens to run the weather program at Moz and I'm gathering that Moz including uh, a couple of the other systems out there have been blocked by Google or at least are experiencing issues with Google cracking down because technically Google doesn't want these people to be scraping their results I'm well, kind of surprised it's, it's taking it's, this long it's not them it's the proxy providers so a lot of these tools have to go and scrape or ping Google through what we call proxy servers. And if you're not familiar with proxy servers, they're basically a way to hide your 
program. So if you write a program to go to Google and, and scrape the results to check for something, if you do it directly from your computer and your IP address, they will just block you because they don't yeah. want those automated tools coming. So what happens is there's a bunch of companies that kind of set up these things called proxy servers. You send your tool through a proxy server to, to wherever it needs to go, Google in this particular instance, and the proxy server changes up the IP addresses randomly all the time. So what happens is Google doesn't know it's coming from you and they can't block you. Right, well, and you can also emulate being in different local zones. There's a lot of yes, things to exactly. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what basically Google is cracking down on is these proxies providers, these these companies that provide these these services. So if 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 let's say Moz Tools using this proxy server, anybody else using that proxy server is seeing the same exact kind of problems that Moz is. Right, and apparently uh, a few of them are having some issues. One of them, Algoru, Algoru, I think it was called was down actually the other day saying that they're having technical issues. And this is what prompted uh, Dr. P's post. <laughs> anyway, yeah, interesting. Anyway, what I was getting at is I wonder if some of this flux in quote-unquote quote search results is really artificial because of these issues. Right. Because a lot of people aren't seeing it. Uh, even Barry Schwartz from Search Engine Roundtable says he doesn't see that at all in his results. He says everything looks quite calm. So, yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe they get it messed with. Mm -hmm. Once in a while, Google likes to show them who's boss. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a while? <laughs> yeah, well, and it, and it doesn't bode well for anyone who, who has to still run search engine ranking reports for clients, and that includes me. I hate doing it, but we still have to do it. And the results may be all over the map thanks to this, so we'll see. If you feel, see the same thing, just take it with a grain of salt. Yep. All right, what's next here? So it's sort of an interesting tidbit about the SEO industry. So if you're listening to SEO 101 because you're new to the industry or just getting started in SEO, you've picked a really good industry. As of this year, the SEO industry is worth $64 billion. Basically, that's how much money people are spending on SEO across the world, right? They're expected in, by 2020 that to grow to $75 billion. So if you're just getting started and you know you're in a good space, you're in a growing industry, but don't be discouraged if you don't have a big chunk of that pie because that's a big pie, right? It's very interesting that, that we're in a good space and we're a good place right now. And I don't think there's much, is it, despite all the articles that say that we're dead or dying, there's a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity in this space. It's interesting. I, I wanted to go to the main article to see whether or not they really did say SEO and whether or not they really understand what SEO is. Mm -hmm. Seems that they, they know what they're talking about because they say here that digital marketing services worldwide expect a spend of $613 billion in just 2016. And they estimate brands and agencies in the United States will shell out $65.26 billion this year for SEO, rising to $72 billion in 2018 and $79 billion in 2020. Oh, okay. Mixed my numbers, but still, it's pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. Now, again, I wonder just what, you know, these companies that do this research, just how savvy they are and whether or not, I mean, I think that search engine optimization is easily getting that much business, but you never know. Do they mean, do, are they mixing that a bit with SEM? Hard to say. Yeah, it is hard to That's say. Nuts. It doesn't seem like it is because that would be a lot of money. You know, the actual spend at Google would be a whole nother thing. Well, I'm just trying to figure out if you think about how many businesses there are, right? And there are hundreds of millions of businesses out there. And 
a lot of them don't do any SEO or any digital marketing at all. But I'm just thinking about us. And I know how many clients we have, and I know how much money we make, and we have a very small piece of that pie based on our clients, but we make millions and millions of dollars a year on SEO. So I I can see it easily being feasible. Some other interesting stats here. Borel, I guess this is a company that did this research, projects that companies in the U.S. will spend more than $790 million for blog development this year. Blog development spending will reach its peak in 2016, drop to $700 million by 2018. Mm, I don't know about that, but interesting. I, I think the idea of a blog is being redefined, which is why those numbers yeah. are going to go down. Well, because and that's what be, makes, makes me wonder what their definition of it is, too. Yeah, yeah good point. By the end of this decade, it's forecast to decline more than 40% compared with this year in favor of a shift toward video formats. Hmm. Well, I would say well, that's partly true depending upon, because it's all about bandwidth, right? A big part yeah. of it is the bandwidth, so, huh. and the cost of it. And when you right. get computers that are 100, 100 million times faster than what we used to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a friend of mine said, uh, so when am I going to get that on my phone? I told him it's going to be at least a year. <laughs> At least a year. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, that's a great point. If you think about computers, and I know we're going back to this geeky topic, but your phone that you're holding in your hand has 10 to 15 times more computing power than the computers that sent the men to the moon, right? When was that, the 60s? Yeah. And, and think about 50 years from now, what does that mean? Your phone's going to be able to do to you. It's, oh, God. It's, do to you. Yikes. Yeah. It's gonna do. It's gonna do stuff to you. I guarantee it. Some, some of it bad. Some of it maybe not so bad. But anyway, <laughs> oh dear. Hey, we're not gonna go down that path. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we got uh, an interesting question. That we got. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at wmetraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. 
Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So our good friend David Ogletree asked a, an interesting question. And actually, he didn't post it here. Ah, shoot, I should have gone and get it. <laughs> All right, well, better do go you, find do it. You even know what the well, well, while you're finding the question, I do want to say happy birthday, because today is David's birthday. That's what, one of the reasons I said, we've got to do his question, because it's his birthday. And Dave, Dave and I actually spent a very fun weekend in Denver a number of years ago tied to a, a Webmaster Radio conference. Jim Hedger was with us at the time, too, I think. That was a very interesting weekend. It's always okay, interesting I'm done. When, Dave, when Jim's there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the question. He says, quote, unquote, I noticed that somebody was saying their pay-per-click keywords affected search engine optimization click-through rate for the same keyword negatively, meaning PPC was stealing from SEO. How does somebody get SEO click-through rate for a keyword? I know you can get impressions for PPC data, but how would you get click data for SEO since Google does not provide keyword data in refer? Now, pass this along to you because I wanted to be, you know, uh, in, uh, immediately what he said there didn't make sense to me. Then a few times, just <laughs> standard for me, a few times reading it went, oh, yes, that's what he's asking. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it was about the just Google think, search just, console. Just, so. just think if your brain was 100 million times faster. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, that'd be just plain <laughs> scary. I don't want to think that much. Or I guess I wouldn't have to think much. I just think fast. There you go. In, in, in any case, so I guess when it comes down, we should break this down. So how does somebody get SEO click-through rate for a keyword? Well, that's right out of Google Search Console, right? Yeah. And I think it's really important to note that they, they have the click-through rates in Search Console, but you really need to make sure your webmaster tools, you tricked me into saying it, your webmaster <laughs> tools and your Google Analytics are connected. So you can connect the two so that the data is shared between the two. And if you're doing PPC, that also means now you're going to get some, some really more granular data on your keywords from the webmaster tools side as well. So make sure those two are connected and then you're going to get more valuable information about individual types of keywords. And on an added note, it's it's ab Google's made it absolutely miserable to try and connect those two, thanks to the fact that now you have to be the owner of the account to do that. I can't do it as an agency. It's, you can if you're given the right permissions. Well, I'm, I've got admin access. I, I still can't do it. It's so flipping annoying. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So... How about getting impressions from pay-per-click data? How would you get click data for SEO since Google does not provide keyword data in refer? You had the answer to this, and I can't recall what it was now. <laughs> so basically, if you, if you connect both those, in, you do get CTR information inside of the Google Webmaster tools. If you're connected to Google Analytics, you get more individual keyword data, not just the, the, the branded data. So you should be able to see CTR, CTR rates within that those tools if you combine them. I think the big thing here, though, is the first part of that question is saying that PPC is stealing click-throughs from organic, which is mm -hmm. interesting. And it's and and there's been a bunch of studies done on this over the years, and you know there's there's always been the claim that if you have a PPC and an organic listing on the same search result page, they both see a lifted click-through rate. That's how it's been positioned in the past. But I think a more accurate way to position that is that if you have a, both a P 
paid ad and an organic ad on the same page, you're gonna see an improved overall increase in click-throughs. So this, I, I found a st the most recent study I could find since there's been a lot of them was done, is done on March 2nd of this year, so very recently by a company called 60 Global. And their study, and I don't know how accurate it is, I mean, it's just, I Googled, Googled it and found this one. So take it with a grain of salt, as you do any and every study you Google. <laughs> Especially John says, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So their results said they saw organic search drop by about 4% when both, but this was just branded terms, all right? So their organic search dropped by just 4%, by about 4%, but the click-throughs on the paid search more than made up the difference. So overall combined, they got a lot more click-throughs for both of them, right? So mm -hmm. if you have the budget to do it, go ahead and do paid. It's going to improve the overall performance on that search result. 4%, if you have 100 click-throughs, normally you're going to lose four of them, right? That's not a huge, if you make it up on the other side, it's not that big of a deal. And that's just for branded terms in this particular case. So Yeah, well, another thing I like about pay-per-click is you can more reliably assure, again, if you've got the budget, that if there are any fluctuations in rankings, and you can't be watching them all the time, you can't even do much about it when that happens, when those happen, at least you can be sure that you're always going to be at the top, even if you are in a paid position. So let's say you have number one in paid and you also have number one in organic. Well, great. There's some extra brand recognition there. There's, I would say, more likely people are going to click. I'm sure there's gr a grand amount of studies on that, but conflict. But the, the point of the matter is you've got that. But then if, let's say you moved out of position five during a, this transition. Well, there you are. You're still going to get a good chance of getting that first click. So it, it's, it's a smart thing and you only pay for the click. You're not paying just to be there. Yep. Or if you're in position three and you steadily in position three and all of a sudden Google decides, well, we need to put a news block between position two and three and it pushes you down the equivalent of four or five, you know, listings um, from a design graphics perspective, you know, that's make that's going to make a huge difference on your CTR and organic. So there's lots of things that can impact that. And I'm a huge proponent of don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? If, if something happens to organic, you still can rely on paid and vice versa. If, you, if you've got a really great paid program going and all of a sudden something happens and it tanks, you want to have that organic results there to, to support you as well. I mean, there's no reason to do just one of those two things. I think the last study I read said that 25, on average, 25% of the clicks on a search result page go to paid ads. And the other seventy-five percent go to the other, whether it's organic or any of the, uh, the the other types of search results on those pages, right? You, who's going to okay. give up twenty-five percent of their market share, right? Well, exactly, exactly. So let's jump into something here. It's sort of a last last piece of info here that I just thought would be fun to share. It's 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 based on AdWords, so it's not really our area, but it's such good news. Google, as of July thirteenth, <laughs> is no longer going to be allowing payday and high interest loan ads in AdWords. I think that's great. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they get paid a fortune for that. So kudos to them for back and, you know, putting mm -hmm. their back up and saying, no, no more to that. I think they're just creepy. And I, I'm sure there's many lives that are, are just made miserable by those systems. So it's good to see. I wonder, how, I wonder what the cost per click, click for those payday loans are. Yeah, that's a good question. Cost Must per click pretty, and payday loans a bit. Because I bet they are. I bet you're absolutely right. I bet they're losing a ton, a ton of money on that. Because I bet the cost per click on those are just extremely high. Mm -hmm. So good for them. Good for them that they made that move. All right. 
Well, it was a good show. Managed to squeeze some in. Thank you for preparing a little better than I did today. A bit, a bit overwhelmed, thanks to that. Been coming back from that Florida show, so. Yeah. Uh, what, so, good. so which, which, if you could go back today to either one, would you go back to Vegas or Orlando? Huh. Uh, Orlando. Yeah. Yes, on a heartbeat. I, not the flight time though, and not the, the I can't stand the t- the time change. I don't do well with that, but it's just. I really enjoyed where I was, and Vegas, I can't stand it. It's just, it's too freaking expensive. It's ridiculous there. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay. okay. I, just, I just found, oh, wait. The most expensive keyword in the vertical for payday loans is $44.28 a click. Wow. And they're Dang. giving that. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow, that must have really, they must have had thought long and hard about that one. <laughs> well, good for them. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google Plus. You can also email me via ross at stepforth.com. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday on cranberry.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Opinions expressed on this Cranberry Radio program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry Media. Any redistribution of this content without proper consent is prohibited. It takes two vaccines to help protect you this season, one for the flu and another for COVID-19. And according to the CDC, now you can get both shots at the same visit. Talk to your healthcare professional or visit cdc.gov slash vaccines to learn more.